Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is episode 20 of really? Football and Random Things. I'm pretty sure. We made it to 20? I'm pretty sure. No one canceled us. Presented by Iowa Diamond. And Iowa Diamond hasn't pulled out yet because they're the greatest sponsor on the Cyclone Fanatic Network. Jared Stansberry and Jeff Woody from the Carl Chevrolet Podcast Studios. Yes, Iowa Diamond is the best sponsor. For two reasons. One, great product. Two, they deal with me. So you know they have to be cool people if they're willing to put up with the conversations that that come out the the old the old lips here, mm-hmm. the thoughts that crop up in the brain that just end up falling out of the microphone. And they've put up with us for 20 episodes. So you know they have to be at least like like they don't they're not they're not dicks. Let's go with that. Otherwise, it, I would have heard something to being like, hey, can you just like we put our name behind this? Can you like like keep it on track? And they haven't done that, so they're good people. Iowa Diamond, we're not dicks. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a new tagline. D- uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but as of next week, our podcast will be able to drink. <laughs> uh, if it was in weeks, if it was in weeks, I. Uh, I, I, feel I, feel like every, I feel like every podcast that we record ages me a year. So I would say that basically the podcast will be able to be able to drink. I have uh, two little anecdotes that I'll get to. And I, let's take our first break. Okay. And then we'll come back. And I have two anecdotes that I, that, I, that I just stored in my brain to fart today. Okay. We'll be right back in the Carl Chevrolet studios on football and random things presented by Iowa Diamond. This is Iowa Diamond president Chuck Kuba. After 20 years of serving engagement and wedding couples, I can't help but reflect back on the thousands of wonderful folks we've helped and ask myself, how can we be so lucky? Is it our incredible ring selection or the quiet private atmosphere? Then came the epiphany. Out of all the people in the world, we make you feel like you are the most important people in the world. Because at that moment, to all of us at Iowa Diamond, you are. Visit us at iowadiamond.com or in person anytime. You'll see what I mean. Welcome back to the Carl Chevrolet Studios. Jeff Woody has one he told me as a story, and then you have anecdotes. Well, one, the little, or are little, they, or are they both the same thing? That's eh, not the same thing. Okay. Well, I mean, a story and an anecdote. I feel like it's it's the same. Like it's just synonyms. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, no, I'm saying what were the you had two anecdotes. No, that they're you separate. To talk. One, okay. one I actually had forgotten about uh, that I I put like a post-it note in my own brain. I'm yeah. like, Hey say this on air and i think i didn't say this one last week because i think it was i was at aldi and it was middle of last week okay because i had to get groceries so it would have been mon- it would have been probably monday after we got done recording. did aldi open no not the one up here oh, i went okay. down to one east 14th okay and uh because i like good groceries at a reasonable price like i was gonna say once is a reasonable price once aldi opens i'll be oh I'll man be there. Yeah. i i i love aldi like no human should love a grocery chain we should also know Aldi is not a Cyclone Fanatic sponsor. Yet. <laughs> Yet. Okay. If I had my druthers, I'd be on the phone with them getting a sponsorship. Anyway, um, so I'm at Aldi on East 14th, and I had someone say the greatest possible compliment. Um, so they listen to the podcast. And I, I forgot. I forget the guy's first name. But All the way down on East 14th? Thank you. Well, that's not that far. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway, uh, so I'm, you know, they had the little bag thing behind the... Um, yeah. behind the counter so i put my stuff on the put my thing on the bag thing i have my card over there um and so i'm bagging my stuff and the guy comes up to me he's wearing a cyclone stocking cap and he goes hey i just gotta say like i love your fart <laughs> and under any other circumstance that would be the weirdest sentence that you could say to any human being on the face of the earth is hey i love your fart 
And so I, a moment of both giggliness and pride shot through me because one, someone said that sentence to me in public and two, did anybody else hear it? I don't think so, <laughs> but at, at the East 14th Aldi's, it's a very diverse thing. So like there's a bunch of languages that are spoke there. So I think the lady that was close enough to have heard it wasn't really that familiar with English. So like, I love your fart. Doesn't make enough sense to actually have registered. <laughs> She's probably going to go and tell somebody else that, that she Be thinks that that's like slang for your shirt or something. Because, or because I had a really positive reaction to it. Like I smiled after someone said, Hey, I love your fart that like she thinks now that like that's a thing that you can say to someone yeah like, hey i love your fart <laughs> um, but no the one was like I, I really like just joy that someone could say that to me and as an adult human male that some stranger can say that and two is that we've created something enough that someone wants to go out of their way to compliment us on the fart like that we have created on your fart, on my fart, it's our fart, you and I, it's a collective <laughs> yes. fart. Yeah. And so presented by Iowa diamonds again, they're not dicks. And <laughs> so the fact that we've created something that can, the one is that someone said that sentence to me at all. And two is that we've created a product with which someone can say that sentence. Like those two things existed at the same time. And it made me so happy that like I giggled on the way out, just simply because the sentence, if you're to imagine you're in the, you, has this happened to you at all where they say, I love your fart. Has yeah, that happened? I, they haven't said it like that, but they all say they love fart, you know, like your it, fart. It's a possessive. I, like it's your fart. Yeah. Everybody. I've, I've never heard one person, I think, say something negative about fart. It's probably the only podcast that we do that. There's no one that comes up to me and tells me that, that it sucks in some way. Yet. Well, yeah. Yet. Yet. Eventually, we'll say something to offend somebody. Uh, I'm really, I think the natural statement is that fart stinks. Yeah. I think that naturally is what you have to say. If you dislike the podcast, you say that's a, that fart stinks. Yeah. For the most part, I think that we have generally, like we would be certified fresh, I think, on, oh, nice. on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. Uh, at, well, it? it's kind of, it's actually kind of, well, you know. What? Uh, it's, it goes a little bit against the name there to be certified fresh, but, <laughs> but we would be certified You don't want fresh. it to be a super fresh fart. Like you want it. That's why we record early. It has to ruminate a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Air has to clear after you <laughs> fart before we actually release it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a solid four minutes on fart jokes and I'm not even mad. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, oh. okay. So that's anecdote number one. Anecdote number two is I apologize if you hear a slight bit stronger of a lisp. I normally have a little one. If you didn't, if no one's noticed, like it's a little lisp, but uh, lisp. 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 it's like, I, it's like the way my mouth is formed and the way I was learned, I learned how to do S's. It's just a little bit, but it's more pronounced today because uh, Tony Rhodes basketball team, a guy on Tony Rhodes basketball team, recreation or a recreational basketball team gave me like made me bite a chunk out of my tongue let me see it oh i see it uh, yeah. Uh, yeah yuck yeah so we're like did you get elbowed there's a shoulder so uh, one i don't have that problem very often yeah well someone's gonna uh, yeah someone's got to get some ups to get yeah. a shoulder to your chin especially in old man's rec league basketball which yeah. it's not true like it's not truly an old man's rec league but like a wink wink nudge nudge old man's rec league but tony's team they're freaking good like they, the, they had probably three dudes that shot 70% from three, like n probably. That's not the one Dan's on, is it? I might. Do you I know might. Dan? These, it was the, the Ankeny fanatic team. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, that's Dan's team. Yeah. They're good. Yeah, yeah. I know that they're good. They're good. And so I was, uh, I just got recruited because one of the members of our gym, um, has a team mm -hmm. and 
some other guys are from Ames and the weather last on Sunday night was like, it wasn't great as the past 15 days haven't been. And anyway, so they're like, Hey, you know, we have a basketball game in an hour. Can you come? It's like, yeah, sure. Uh, I just will forewarn you. I am athletic, but I am not a good basketball player. It was two different things. <laughs> and they're like, we'll take athleticism every day of the week. So I show up and I get in there and I, I had beaten this guy there. Like his name is Jim and I'd beaten Jim there. You beat Jim um, to the gym. Beat Jim to the gym. And I didn't know anybody. So like I walked in there and stood and looked to the right. I was like, I don't know any of those people. Do you have basketball shoes? Uh, no, I don't. Um, I have Nike Metcons. I have a bunch of different shoes. We've I, talked just, about I thought you were going to say you wore like Air Monarchs or something. <laughs> I wore the, uh, the New Balance <laughs> with the Velcro. <laughs> uh, no, I have, I have a bunch of shoes. And so I, I know enough about like the stability of what a basketball shoe is. And I'm yeah. pretty sure it wasn't going to be a pure wood floor. So I could just get away with something that has like where, a... Where were you playing? Uh, uh, Rock Creek in okay, Ankeny. Yeah, yeah. And so it's got like that, that synthetic yeah. gym floor Linoleum thing. Core. Yeah. Linoleum, yeah. And so I could, you know, I could get away with a, uh, a flat cross trainer mm -hmm. and not be in bad shape. So anyway, I get in there. I have no idea who's to my left. And I have no idea who my, who's to my right. And so I get there and um, like introduce myself to the people that I think I'm going I'm to be on there. Because they're like, you Jeff? I'm like... Yes, I'm glad somebody told you that I'm going to be here. So we ended up playing. You should have said it like, uh, like in twenty. Yeah, yeah. So I get there and um, we start warming around. And my first shot, I probably just you know, I was changing shoes and uh, it was freaking cold. And I left my I had left my shoes in the car for like thirty minutes. And so there's that nice film on mm -hmm. there that you have to dry off. So anyway, I take my first shot and miss by probably a good two feet. Like my first warm up shot, completely miss. And now. Mind you, I'm athletic enough at just life. Just I'm, I'm a good enough athlete that I can make things look like they're supposed to look. But the things that require like real technical excellence, like shooting a basketball or dribbling with your left hand, I have to think about those. Like I can dribble with my right hand and be totally comfortable, but I cannot dribble with my left hand without thinking about it. Like if I think about it, it looks normal, but it's not. You, you it, dribble with your left hand and all of a sudden you look like Stanley in the office. Exactly. And so I like it. It's just not. It's not a practice enough movement that I could yeah. do it without thinking. Yeah. And shooting is the same way where like good basketball players can just shoot without thinking. So if I have enough space that I can actually like turn my brain on and being like, all right, make sure you lift with your legs, then I can make a shot go in. But uh, missed everything on my first like warm up shot. Mm -hmm. Went to the free throw line, missed every single one of those. And then finally, like, I don't know, five minutes later, we're starting to actually make something. Um, and so the game starts and... I obviously start on the bench because they don't know. No one knows who I am. And anyway, like two minutes in, there's a guy that needs a break, needs a breather. And because it's old man basketball, it's old man basketball. But most of my team was like, most people were like 35, like okay. not even old man. Yeah. There's 35. And I, I mean, Jim's low 40. So like, not, they're not old. Um, and anyway, but guy tags or guy tags me in. And like the first defensive series, I've just picked somebody up that that guy was picking up and um, then get a, a stop run down the court like i right in the not a not in the corner but like in the elbow the elbow extended and like i'm standing there and just pretty good motion like I, again i i understand enough about basketball to know where i should be running give or take yeah and so i'm wide open and so he like the guy throws me there's whoever throws me the ball like i put up the sh like i i want to put up a shot but knowing full well that i probably shouldn't 
And then I look around, but it was one of those things like in rec league basketball, when you're so wide open yeah. that no one bothers closing out. Cause they're like, it's not even, they don't even know that I'm a bad shooter. And they like, but they, everyone just looks, they're so wide open. They're like, this guy's going to, if he doesn't shoot this, this is stupid. Yeah. So I take the first shot and freaking drain it from three. And so like, as I'm running back down the court, I'm like, I am not shooting another ball hundred percent of the day, but pretty soon they realized you your threes up, like, threes up, yeah. put them in the holsters. But pretty soon they realized I was more a, a defensive stopper. It was more my, my game. And so they put me on, because uh, I was in the, on the shorter side. And so they put me on their fastest, shortest guy, which the, he's probably not a 45. But the dude's, again, just balling. Good. Always wears a bandana, tie-dye shirt. I don't know what his name is. I don't, I don't know him, I guess, personally. But anyway, he, the dude moves all the time. Off the ball, on the ball moves all the time and so i'm just chasing him you, around you have to be a baller if you're gonna wear a bandana and a tie-dye shirt to play ball and with. he was very much so nobody would guard him other than me so like if i when after this happened so like i went out for two minutes but um when i they, they put somebody on him and then as soon as they're like you good i'm like i'm good it's like all right you got him <laughs> so nobody would guard him just because he ran around so much yeah and uh anyway so the first time this happened, he's he posts he's shorter than me. He's probably five nine, five ten. Um, but he he the, you can tell the dude's been playing basketball for like thirty years, and so he just has good. Even though he's shorter, he has just good post position. He has good feet. He knows what he's supposed to be doing. Anyway, so he goes. He tries to do an up and under like to his left, and I move a little and just to kind of counter whatever move if he does try and go to that. And then yeah. knowing that he's probably going to come back with a secondary move, the ball's in his left hand. He goes to go over his left shoulder and he goes to jump and I get like a solid, you can hear like the, like of his chin or shoulder on my chin. I'm like, huh, managed to come back out later. There's probably like a quarter inch of my tongue that's like hanging, Ugh. like flopping off. It's just, I mean, it's not thick. It's like a, I mean, enough to bleed for the entire rest of the night and wake up with like a little bit of blood on my pillow. So, uh, yeah, that was I managed to, but for the remainder of the game, because I was just active enough and running, I think I had nine or 11 points because I made three more or made two layups and actually two shots. So I had 11 points, four rebounds, three. <laughs> I don't know if it was, you count them as assists because like he actually did dribble afterwards. So I don't need assist number, but I had a block and a steal and we won. So I managed to lose my tongue, but scored in double figures, got four rebounds, a block and a steal. So I love that you remembered how many rebounds you got. <laughs> Dude, have you met me before? Do you is it surprise you at all that I would no, remember it doesn't surprise me. that it's I remember funny. absurd statistics that from a recreational basketball game? Like people ask, everyone's like, oh, so what do you do for fun? I'm like, is it competitive? <laughs> Cards, dominoes, basketball, darts, beer pong. We got some winner, loser, tangibility to it. Any score? No? All right, well, we're gonna make something that has a tangible score to it. I'm gonna compete with somebody. So yeah, I managed to. I can uh, usually have a general idea of how many points I score, but that's I don't I don't. I also the other stuff. I missed two layups. One was a tough contested one. Like that was just again, I'm not good enough at basketball to make every single layup. Yeah. And then the other one, I it was a fast break that the guy was playing. It, it was just a one on one fast break, and I I just I outran him. But in order to outrun him, I ran way too fast. And came to the came to the basket with a little bit too much gusto, and uh, went off the backboard, and it, it rimmed out. So I didn't just miss everything. I didn't yeah. I didn't go rain dance from <laughs> along came Polly on him, but I managed to go up and over the backboard or uh, up and over the rim with a, a little bit of contact. 
But other than that, yeah. So I apologize if you could pick up a little bit of a lisp because I'm got a big old nice bloody spot on the side of my tongue from well, playing rec league basketball against Tony Rhodes. <laughs> there we go. Is that Paul Rhodes' brother? Yeah. There we go. Yeah. He's got a beard now. Does he? Tony does. I don't know how long he's had a beard. I just didn't, I didn't recognize him because I didn't even know he was on that team. And uh, until we're kind of, you know, that guy that I'm chasing is just freaking running around there. And we, there's a little, there's a dead ball. And he goes, what's up, Jeff? And I'm like, just glancing back. I didn't recognize him because he had the beard. And then like two possessions later is another dead ball. I'm like, oh shit, Tony. Hey. And he goes, scratches his beard. And he goes like, didn't, uh, didn't recognize me at all. I was like, no, I didn't. He's like that thing make you sweat a little bit more. <laughs> He's skilled though. He's there, got old man skills. There, well, yeah, you got to. Got to if you're going to, you know, hold your own in the, in the league. Anyway, we won. So pretty proud of that. It's because we had another guy. Because um, there was three guys that, did, that couldn't show up. They couldn't come down from, or didn't come down from Ames. So there was one guy text his friend. And then I, this, Jim text me. And the other friend was a guy who played like Europe, European League basketball and played like forward at like a... Mm-hmm like a small division one college. And so he's like a six, eight skilled big man. And he probably had, I think we had 49 points or something like that on the day or 52 or something like that. And uh, he probably had 25 to 30 of them. <laughs> yeah. And then the other ones were me with a, like a, a wide open three that no one wanted to come back and close out on me. And then other just layups that I had from running down. And then the other guys that are actually good at basketball, but gritty, hard nosed. Solid defender. Picked up four fouls. <laughs> you were the Aaron Kraft of your team, picked basically. Up four, picked up four fouls. <laughs> you ended up with the game with four fouls? Four fouls, yeah. Well, the... the That sounds about right. There was two at the end. Like, we had two fouls. We had three fouls to give, and we're up by... Or, excuse me, we were, it was a really close game at the very end of it. And so, like, we had fouls to extend, like, to stop the clock, extend the game. And then we also had... Then we took the lead, and then we had fouls to give to keep them from getting a ball down the court. And so I, I picked up two in the final like minute of just deliberate fouls. Okay. So they were good fouls. And then one of them, uh, I bodied a guy and didn't make him fall down, but did make him miss the layup. That was pretty open because I, someone had switched when they didn't communicate that they wanted to switch. And then you for, briefly forgot that it was not, it was not football. It was I, basketball. I would have laid the dude out. I mean, he gave, he gave me his ribs. I, what am I, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Hey, don't come across the middle don't if you're not trying middle, to get man. laid out. Hey, you want to run a dig route? Keep your head in a swivel, son. <laughs> All right, want to talk about football? How long did we? How long did we go? This is 16 tw- minutes. Already. 16 minutes. I went with uh, "I love your fart" and anecdotes about getting biting a little chunk of my tongue out against uh, Tony Rhodes' basketball recreational basketball team. Is that your story that you had to tell me? Yeah. Well, or, just, oh, okay. I didn't know if you had another. Yeah. Story. No, that was it. Those okay. two. I love your fart, Jared. Thanks. Uh, so last week after the podcast got over, I realized that we forgot to talk about the biggest Iowa State news of like the last two weeks when it comes to football. And that is that Tom Manning is returning as Iowa State's offensive coordinator. We've known about this a little bit, I think, for quite a while, known that it was a, a potential move that could be happening. Uh, what is your what were your immediate impressions when that news became official? Good for Matt Campbell. Not necessarily for the offense. I think the offense isn't really going to be any different. Like, if you didn't know that, I don't think there's going to be any discernible difference between last year and this year's offense. Yeah. But hiring a full-time coordinator, we talked about it, is you can only be so good at so many things. And so Campbell's getting spread really, really thin. If he's, if he's, he may not have been calling all of the plays, but I guess he was, he was probably calling the preponderance of plays. And um, so he's, 
you know, he's having to do all that and game plan for that during the week and put himself in the mindset of calling plays while also being in the mindset of being the head coach, Mm -hmm. while also being the mindset of being kind of the CEO of the organization and also being the mindset of overseeing recruiting and like all of those things, you have to wear all those hats at the same time. So that just removes probably the most time consuming hat is when you give it to someone else. Now he's still going to be doing the same oversight of them. I mean, he's not going to, even when Manning was here the last time, there, I, I, my understanding of it, it was that Manning would call the plays, but this is how, I mean, I'm a, this is how every head coach to coordinator relationship goes is they're going to call the plays, but the headsets involved with the head coach. Yeah. And if the head coach wants to call something, then he'll go like, Hey, run, you know, raise a right 27 fly or something like that. Like if he says what he says is what happens. So how like, did the, okay, this is a completely different thing. So you say, what you, you said, Razor right 27 fly or something like that. Okay. No, that might be a completely made up. A totally call. made up play. Yeah. But so like you say that and then how do they signal that into the, okay, to the so players? You want to know how, or how did you guys do it? At so there's two different, there's two very different um, ways to go about it. And so I'll explain both of them just because I know it's can. not like how it used to be where you ran your split end in there. You yeah. Know, when you, you run your tight end. Yeah. In. Yeah. You would you grab would rotate the, the split ends and like, uh, and the coach would grab both face mask. Yeah. Hey, we're running. I write 27 power. I write 27 power. Got it. All right. Uh, we're, we're running. I, I write tw- 20, 26 counter. <laughs> Damn it. Daryl. What did we tell you to do? I don't know, but no. So how that would work. So there's two different ways to go about it. It's kind of, it really depends on like your nomenclature scheme. So the way that we had it. So let me finish that thought against Manning uh, okay. first before I go into this, cause this will go a while. Okay. Um, so the, the thing with Manning is I think it's going to be beneficial. Um, what is it? What position group is he going to coach? He is uh, the offensive coordinator and the run game coordinator. So the running backs. Okay. Oh, that yes. ma- Shieldhouse is going to, to coach wide receivers? receivers. Yeah. Okay. And that's why Gasser. He was, uh, his contract was not renewed. Not renewed. Yeah. Uh, okay. But, um, anyway, so that's, I figured it would be something either he's coaching. Receiver. I think that'll be a good move for Shieldhouse. Yeah. He's a, he, I like him. I mean, he was a quarterback. Yeah. You know, I like him a lot. A I've talked to him probably of the guys that are new that I didn't have a personal relationship before. I've probably talked to him the most and he seems just super down to earth, but really energetic. And I don't know. He's sharp. Yeah, he, yeah, he's got. He he seems like he's got the right mindset to be very successful. Gasser was a good guy too, but mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I don't. You know, I think that situation. I don't really know exactly what happened there, but just needed a change. Um. Okay, but Tom Manning. Anyway, so as I, I was just gonna say, I, I think it will not be a discernible difference for the fans, but it will be really good for Campbell to just not have to do that. Is he's got a guy that has got experience, especially with the offensive line. Mm-hmm. He's a run game coordinator. He's got. I mean, the the offensive line coach now was a coach under Manning when Manning a player was here. under him as well. Yeah. So the relationship dynamics is going to be really good there. So if he does yeah. have to float over to the offensive line every once in a while, or it's, you know, the, the relationship of if the coordinator says you're going to do this, a lot of times a position coach might get mad by that because they like to have their own creativeness, but the dynamic between Manning and the current offensive line coach, which I forget his name, Jeff um, Myers. Yeah. Myers is going to be it pretty, it, one would assume is going to be very good. Yeah. And the other thing, as far as Manning is concerned with an off the offensive line is the dude's a really good offensive line coach. And that's the position that needs the most work. Well, and yeah, now you've got him Myers and Campbell, who's an offensive line guy as well. Yeah. So it's like as many offensive line guys as you can get and will be good. And I think and if you look at Manning and the, the thing that made me the, the, the best example, I think of his coaching prowess and with offensive line is, 
Toledo, I think they won the Mac back to back years in the at least at least once when he was there. Um, when he was there, his the, the first year, and I think this the first year that they won it. And I don't remember the the years. It might have been right before they came over to Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had five senior starters. That was uh, that. The, that was the year before they came to Iowa State, and then they replaced them with five new guys. Yeah, and they, yeah. And they replaced them with five brand new guys, and they won the MAC again with five new starters right away. And so I think that that's a really hard thing to do to take a whole group of people that have to play together, mm-hmm. take five brand new people, slap them in, and they're they don't miss a beat. I mean that that's how good of a coach an offensive line coach he is. So from a play calling standpoint, I think Campbell's going to still have the same. It'll still it'll it'll feel the same. It's not going to change. Yeah. Like I said, if you didn't know that Tom Manning was calling the plays instead of Matt Campbell or whomever was calling the plays last year, you wouldn't really know that there's. Gonna, I don't think you're really going to know that there's a discernible difference. Well, and I would imagine too that it even last year it was like Campbell has his hands in the offense, and then I would guess that Coach Haycock just is like he kind of just like yo, I trust you do your thing. I got this. Yeah. yeah. Like you, he probably has. I mean, obviously, he probably has some input but more often than not it's just like no i know that those guys got there yeah got it down you right. know all right then the play the play calling thing. so the play calling thing so there's there's two schools of that it really depends on the nomenclature system of uh how you go about your thing mm-hmm. how, how about you, how you go about your offense and so i played in one and then when i was actually at roosevelt we used a different one which is actually based off of because uh, link was there and link coached under gus malzahn at auburn and so a lot of that stuff was kind of adapted from auburn to our so it's sort of like the Malzahn system and then the Herman system. So again, two guys that are pretty good. Did they still use the Herman system after you after he left? Yeah, yeah. And so we just had to when we played Texas or not Texas when we played uh, um, teams that had former Herman people. Herman people on them that we would have to change like certain signals or change the way that we signaled them um, just because obviously you could be like, hey, they're running power and like you can, yeah, you can play against it even if you're not like. Everyone says like, oh, stealing signals is bad. Show me a football player that's never attempted to do it and I will show you a liar. And so anyway, so I'll go with the one first of how we went. Well, I mean, that is also why they, that's literally why they flipped the sidelines. Iowa State did. And so they couldn't videotape them? Yeah, because I know that that was a a thing that people thought was kind of weird. Like I know that people in the program keep in mind this is the same staff that had actually played against iowa state at iowa exactly. state before if, if had, they were like why would we have our sideline away from the press box if you have the chance to yeah if you have the chance to see what the opponent's going to do you're yeah. going to do it it's yeah. just again the, how it works the legality of which like the are you videotaping practice or like videotaping a coach during the game that's a little shady but um anyway so how we signal it with, with Herman, and so the, kind of the big differentiator is the amount of, amount of tags that you put on a play. And so like these will be real plays, but I'm not going to say exactly what they are, like what they do, just kind of generally concepts. So um, let's go with like, so Trey right up. I don't even, let's see if I remember actually which formation. Let's just go trips right. Eight, trips right. No, this can't be doing this. Trey right. 860 sale X nod. So something like that. And so that's an actual formation, an actual play and an actual tag. Mm-hmm. And so tra- so the Trey Wright is they're going to signal the, the coordinator, at least Herman would call the formation that he would want. And so you have guys on the sidelines. And so Trey Wright is a tight end. It's, it's basically trips, but there's a tight end attached. 
And there's two guys outside of that. And so uh, Trey Wright means the tight end is going to be on the ball on the right side. And then the Z receiver and the whatever, whatever name you want to call the slot receivers, Z receiver and your slot receiver are going to be to that side. Mm-hmm. So it's a three receiver surface on one side. And then on the other side is the X receiver on the ball by himself. And so it's trips, but with an attached tight end. So Trey. And so we call Trey right, depending on whatever. And so you have a signal for Trey. And so ours was like, you're holding a tray of food. So like the way that you come up with the signals is something that makes sense. So like yeah. you're like, you know, whatever trips, like you put three fingers up in the air. Like everyone knows the international symbol for trips. Um, and so you'll, you'll call a, a play. So a lot of times whoever is looking at their play sheet knows they want to be in tray. Well, let's say you were in trips right before that. Well, trips is a no tight end set, depending on, you know, if you have a really athletic tight end and you can put your, you can still have him play in there, but most of the time trips is going to be four wide receivers and a running back, AKA 10 personnel. So say you have three coaches on the sidelines that are involved in this communication thing. They all have headsets on. Uh, the coordinator goes again, Trey, Wright. What was it? Trey, Wright, 860 sale X nod, I think is what I said on that one. Um, which would actually be a pretty bad, let's go X glance. That'd be a pretty bad call. So X glance. Okay. Um, anyway, so you have this formation and so you're going from 10 personnel. And so the way that we'd signal is it, most people will, cause you can't hear anything at well, home or away. You can't hear in between plays you're shouting at each other. So you have to have as much signal and, and stuff like that as you can. And so if you're going from 10 personnel to 11 personnel, we would always have the person running on, like you'd be running on a tight end and getting off a receiver is they put, you know, say your right hand on top with a one and then your left hand on, below it with another one, which means 11. Because if you go side by side, then you don't know if it's like, and you have, it's 20 or 10 personnel. You're like, is it zero one or is it right. 20 or 12? Right. So you'd run it on the field. So one guy, uh, one guy in this signaling thing on the sidelines is going to put his hands up in 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, just to let people know like, Hey, this is, we are switching into 11 personnel person who is supposed to come out come out. And a lot of times they'll do 11, 11 and then point at the guy they want out. So 11, 11 point, 11 point, And then that guy will run off. So it gets the people on the field. The other two are going to be holding up the formation. So the guys that are on the field that aren't rotating out are going to know where they're supposed to go. So they to one guy's going 11, 11, 11. The other two are holding a tray. And then one guy is a dummy signaler. And so he just does whatever the hell he wants. But like he waits until Herman or whomever the coordinator finishes the call before he starts so then both guys are going at the same time. And that's why you'll have guys on the, on the sidelines wearing these weird, like different color shirts. Like you have a guy in a green shirt and a guy in a red shirt and whatever. And you can switch who's live on any given drive. So like, let, you know, say the guy in the green shirt and who, hey, hey, Luke's live. Luke's live today. Or, you know, Kyle's live. Kyle's live. And so you can switch to who is the live signaler. So yeah. guys just work. And then uh, anyway, so then the two guys, so guys going form whatever, and he's going to hold up the formation until everybody's set in that formation, in which case then he kind of disappears from the actual guy number three, disappears from the signal calling because he's not really involved in anything. And he can kind of just be involved. Usually like with us, that was the wide receivers coach that the wide receivers coach, when he was done, when he was done holding up the formation, he would then be like pointing at the wide receiver, be like, Hey, think, you know, think, look middle, look middle, whatever. And so he's kind of act goes back to coaching the yeah, other two then guys. He's like coaching again. Yeah. yeah. And so then the other two guys, which usually was a GA and then one other, um, it was usually actually two GAs. Um, and so you'd have two GAs or like a backup quarterback that would be the one, either live or dead signaler. And, uh, anyway, so you have Trey, right. And then there's your formation. So everyone, you hold Trey, right. So like, like 10 seconds worth, 15 seconds worth, just holding that formation to let people go. 
But as you're getting to that formation, your eyes are still back on the signalers because you don't know when they're going to start signaling. And so then the way that we called ours was 860. We had a, a signal for each number. And so like the our specific ones, like I can show you, like you there, this means eight, then there's a six and then there's a zero. And so you'd signal an 860 and then you'd go on with your cadence after that. But they would repeat that a couple times. So it's 860 says, oh, 860. Okay, then I know that. And that means the protection. And so that protection is a play action fake to the running back and the tight end is going to have um, whatever, any blitzer outside, the running back is going to play action fake and take any interior linebacker. And so you know that there's your signal. And a lot of times, um, oh, and I probably for, actually forgot a number. So you're going to have a route. So it'd be B8. So what, sail X glance. So we're going to have, that'd be an M probably. So it'd probably be M860. So what I would, what, what they would give, so they'd give Trey an M860 glance or sail X glance. And so M, they, there's, we have, again, a signal for every letter. And so it's just most of the time, like this is M. Yeah, so it's not something. M, just an M with your hand. Yeah, it's just yeah. my fingers pointing down, making an M. It's like okay. the W sign upside down. So it's something, it's really easy where most of the time it's not going to be like, oh, uh, what is that? Or yeah. like an F is like that. It's like make an F with your fingers or a J is like we have a letter a signal for every letter of the alphabet and you had to know each one of them and we didn't use all the letters but if i'm watching that signal the re i like this system better than the other one that we had because it involves knowing less like you don't need to know everything excuse me unless you're a quarterback uh, a quarterback has to watch the whole signal because he has to know the protection and the route but m860 who that's talking to is the m tells me what route i have and so 860 tells me, like I said, it's going to be a tight end involved in the protection. So I don't have to watch for anybody outside. I just watch any interior blitzers. 860 tells me play action and look for this guy. And M tells me that that is my route if nobody comes. And so if nobody is, if no blitzers come and you make sure that no, none of your linemen are, are beat, then you run an M route, which, you know, it was me just a four yard hitch right over the ball. You're a safety valve. And so, so then does that tell the receivers too what their route is? No. And okay. so M860 just tells running back and offensive line what they have to do, what the protection is. And so that tells the quarterback, you've got 860. And then M is your safety valve. So when you want to, if you have nothing's going on, look for him. And yeah. so M860 is the base call of that. And then you're in tray. So at that point, so I know where my formation is. The receivers are still waiting for anything that is indicated to them. But M860 tells me and the, the tight end what his protection is, the offensive line of the protection is. And then anything after that is for receivers. And so a lot of times he would get the call at that point. The only thing the offensive line needs to know is, and we would change this whichever drive. So like sometimes you go second number live or first number live. And so you could say like, we'd have a color that corresponds to a snap count and then a number that corresponds to protection. And so we would say like green 860, 40, green 860, 40 or green 49 or 900, something like that. And so, you'd know, first number live. So the, the color is the snap count, whatever green, red, orange, black, blue, and there's friggin' 50 colors that you could go with. You have to know those, very much know those. Um, so like green was on one. I think white was on one too. And so like you'd say green 360, 40. And so 360, or excuse me, green 860, 40. And so 860 is your protection, 40 is a dummy call. And so you go first number live, and then Luke's a live signaler. So you go green 860, whatever. Then I say, okay, here's my snap counts. The offensive line knows what it's on. They hear 860. They know the protection. They just ignore everything else. They don't need to know anything other than this is my protection. This is what I'm doing. And so then they focus on doing that. And then once you get past the M860 part, the tight end has to kind of float back and forth. The running, I have to sort of pay attention to what's going on, 
uh, on the pass concept because a lot of times if it's you know if somebody's running a dig and i have a route that's sitting right underneath there i need to know to move so i can't be in the middle of the passing lane so mm -hmm. i have to pay attention to the rest of the signal but for all intents and purposes my signaling is done after i get like the first few numbers yeah um, but then after, then you go to that sale X glance. So sale part, that's the overall concept. And so the overall concept is sale. So all four guys that are going to be running pass routes, because again, I get tagged M I could, you could tag me a different way. You give me a different route. So M I'm running in the middle and then sale, the receivers are going to run a sale route, which is just a pass concept, not going to get into it. Um, and so that's a signal, like they, they just signal that in. It's like a sale on a sailboat. And so they know that sale. And so, unless if that, if the signal stopped there, Everyone has a job to do. So you have, I know my route. We know the protection. Tight end knows his route and protection. Wide receivers know their job. Uh, and the X receiver knows his job. But because of the coverage that they would give, if it makes more sense for you to run a different route, then you tag X glance, which changes just one guy from that protection by saying that this is, you know, signal for X or signal for Y or signal for Z and just say, hey, you run a different thing. So they'll run sale, which is the whole concept, but hey, X, you're going to run a glance route instead. And so you're going to get the other, everyone else is going to be running sale. And then the other guy's going to be running a glance. And so I like the tag system because for me, so let, let me go through that again, is say again, M860 or Trey Wright, M860 X glance or sale X glance. Okay. Well now again, I've communicated top to bottom, what everyone has segmented the information to who needs to get what. And then one signaler is going to signal that and the other signal is going to signal a just hogwash. There's nothing that makes sense. And so you just look at one signaler and then when they're done, usually we just give two fingers, like point at them. And so they would go, you know, M860 sale X glance and then go. And then the other person's doing something that takes give or take the same amount of time. And all, and they do all of this in three seconds, three, yeah, three seconds. And then you, you can't communicate with each other. Really? No, you can. Okay. Yeah. So that usually, so Trey, like I can do the whole thing like pretty quickly. So if I'm saying Trey, someone's going 11, 11, Trey. Yeah. All right. M860, sale, X glance. Like that took. Well, no, I'm saying, so do you communicate with each other then? Like, oh yeah. On the field? Okay. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. And especially because I didn't then, know if you don't, if you don't say anything because you don't want to give the play call away or something uh, like No. That. So what they would do is you're not going to say like, well, if you say sale, because yeah. some, some words like if you say smash on the on a football field, it doesn't matter what team you're playing for or against. The concept smash is exactly the same across all football. It's like running power or ISO. Yeah. Like those those plays, regardless of what team you're on, you know what those are. Right. So like you can communicate to them, to somebody else, hey, think shallow or something like that. You can talk to people, um, but you're not going to be like, hey, we're running smash. <laughs> so you have to be kind of smart about it. But a yeah. lot of times they're getting their call too. And so, so you, they're not really, they're paying not really attention. paying attention to you. They're playing attention, yeah. paying attention to their own play call because they have to communicate. And the defense has to have a lot of checks because um, we set the tempo and we set the formation and the personnel and the defense has to respond. So like if you, we, we come out in trips and they're in five defensive linemen, two defensive backs and six linebackers, you know, whatever, like that's a really bad defensive set against what we were trying to run. Yeah. Granted, they have 13 people on the field in that analogy, <laughs> but um you know what I'm saying? It's like if they have, if they have the bad, they have yeah. to react to us. And so when they, so that's what makes it so hard. I mean, it's not, there's not as many teams that do it now, but the way Oregon specifically was playing like under trip Kelly, when they were playing so fast, super fast. Well, Oklahoma that's does what the made same it, thing. Okay. Yeah. So, and even Oklahoma, well, and that's what made let, it so hard to play them. Let me get to that in a second. Um, so one of the ways that 
like, so that's how we would so we would signal our stuff in. And then the other thing is that each individual route had a signal for it. And so like, let's say we're talking about smash. And so smash is a hitch on, on number one receiver runs a hitch. Number two receiver runs a corner. And so there's a signal for hitch, which is just, you know, some signal X. And mm-hmm. then this is signal for corner. And so like, I can go, if, if, I, if I know that the guy is, well, he's new or he's a freshman or he's just dumb, like he doesn't remember signals, then I can, like Were the there a lot of those? Yes. And so there's a court, like Austin would like look at somebody and be like, hey, you're doing this and like point to him and yeah. say, this is the route that you're running. And so he didn't have to actually say it to him, but he can say like, do this and then yeah. look to the other person and be like, do this. And yeah. so you have a quarterback that can just tell people exactly what they're doing. So even inside the concept, like you know, like I said, smash, like this is, I think this was our signal for smash, um, or it was this. And so anyway, you signal smash. Mm-hmm. And so then, but even inside of smash is a, cor- is a hitch and a corner. So you can tell like an individual person, like, Hey, run a hitch. So it's a whole language that you're running. Yeah. Um, but all that takes a relatively short amount of time. But then, so the process from there in this tag system is you have to, so say again, we're calling how hard is this like right at the beginning of practice when you're, especially with freshmen and stuff like that, working this in? Like how hard would this have been for Brock Purdy to pick up? Uh, probably not very hard, okay. actually, because um, the to me, at least for me, it wasn't very hard um, because it's very systematic. Yeah. The other one is less systematic. Once it's it, the other one's like learning calculus versus learning to me, like learning algebra or like learning algebra seems very linear where it's like find x okay well subtract five got it like there's that but then it's like learn calculus it's you know you have to find a derivative of something where there's it's a different mindset but once you understand the mindset then there's there's a lot more you can do with that one yeah Uh, it wouldn't say a lot more but it's it's uh it's very quick it's quicker is the one that malzahn used versus the one that herman used it's faster to communicate um, but I like, like I said, I like the Herman system, the, the tag system, because then you can change what you want and it doesn't change the flow of the call. Right. Like you don't have to come up with a completely different signal for sale X glance. You can just say, Hey, sale X glance. And you, you run the glance. I want you to change it. Um, once, once you get that call, so the call comes in, I, every skill guy, every non lineman has looked at that call. And so it is your responsibility to know exactly what that call means. And then the, the lineman they're not looking over because they have to see the, all five have to operate together. And so the quarterback mm-hmm. is going to come up and again, go green, eight, 60, 40, green, eight, 60, 40. And so that once they get eight, 60, 40, the quarterback is going to turn. He's going to look at the protection or not the protection, the, the coverage. He's going to see what everyone's doing. And then, he, you know, again, if you have to give like, Hey, you're running this, do this, yeah. you know, think like, think out whatever. And you can give him like some call. Um, and then the offensive lineman in there, they're going to identify who to set the protection off of. So in this protection or even a run game is they have to set a focal point on the defense that they do their count off of. So like on 860, the protection is there's always a man side and his own side. I think we went over this when we actually could sketch it out is mm-hmm. a man side, meaning the tackle is going to take the widest down lineman. The guard is going to take the next widest down lineman yeah. on to that side. So, you know, one side is man side one side zone side then the zone side is say the center is going to take the guy to his whatever left and the guard's going to take the guy to his left and the set tackle is going to take the guy that ends up to his left and so they'll sort that side out and so man side means if you're a nose tackle and the other guy is the defensive end and they do a twist you follow him like you either follow him or you very clearly pass that off right whereas the zone side you just pass everything off it's just you got whatever's to your left 
Well, then the man side needs additional bodies because if they bring more than two, there's obviously another person you have to have. Yeah. And so that's where the running back, I have to know what the protection is. So in this 860, I have what's we called it the mic or the ID, whatever you want to call it. And so like say the mic's 52, then he is the one you set the count off of. And so I have the mic in that situation. If he comes, he's mine. If he doesn't come, then that's when I can go release to my route. The tight end in this has any blitzer past one. And so if the mic comes, he's free to go and nobody else does. He's free to release because there's no, he doesn't, he's not responsible for that pass or for that blitz threat. But if the mic doesn't come and the outside blitzer comes, then he has to stop and he has to stay and protect. And the backside, they sift everything out. So on 8-6, like say again, in this 8-60 play, call comes in, quarterback communicates to the offensive line, the snap count, the protection is, offensive line looks at the front because at that point things have settled and they've set where they're going to set. They call the mic and then at that point they're going to get down and set. The wide receivers are still kind of communicating and based on specific plays, like sale is a route that ends up breaking to the outside. So you can't line up really, really wide where like a slant is going to break towards the inside. So you Mm -hmm. have to widen your alignment. So you have to know as a wide receiver what that call necessitates and you cheat to win. So like you go towards, you know, align yourself to successfully complete it. And then in there, you can, in that same little system, you can communicate like, all right, well, to the quarterback, hey, you have X glance, but if you like, if he's playing man and you want to run a fade, give him, you know, there's a signal for everything. You can just give him a fade call and then you run a fade and check check off of the play. So mm-hmm. the quarterback has to know all of this. The running back and offensive line, we have to know some of it. Wide receivers have to know the route. They don't give a crap about the protection. Uh, so other than the quarterback, you only have to know like a segment of your play. So um, in that, the you're talking about how difficult it is for teams to go really fast. The teams that go really fast use the other method, that, which okay. is the one that Malzahn ended we'll, up using. We'll talk about that after a break. Okay. Because so, I we're already at forty minutes, I feel like it'll probably go another long time. If it, we this one, this, this next one's not quite as long. It's a okay. lot shorter to the point, but it takes a different. Um, it takes a different under. It, it's a totally different way to communicate something in. Okay, we'll be right back on football and random things presented by Iowa Diamond and the Carl Chevrolet Studios. Hey guys, it's Chris interrupting this podcast because, you know, everybody wants to know that I get it asked all the time. How can we help Cyclone Fanatic? Well, you help Cyclone Fanatic by you support our advertisers and everybody needs to be aware of eye care. I wasn't for a long time and I went to Ames Eye Care and they really helped me out. It's changed my life. I don't have headaches the way that I did. You've heard me talk about this. They're also in Des Moines at Des Moines Eye Care. And you need to think about this with your family. Get the kids checked out. Encourage the wife. Anything. Personalized eye care. Designer eyewear. I've got these sweet Maui gym glasses that I use at work all the time. People think they look awesome. They meet your whole family's vision needs at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Check them out today and support Cyclone Fanatic. Welcome back to the Carl Chevrolet Studios Football and Random Things presented by Iowa Diamond. Breaking down the intricacies of play calling. We're actually yeah. having good, deep, in-depth uh, football conversation, learning the learning the, the, the way the, that communication goes. The inside scoop of how things go on the field, which when, I, in the in between plays. I th- this is stuff. This stuff is fun for me to talk about because I think a lot of people are did grow up in the method of like you run the play in and yeah, that's what it is. Be, and, well, and, and then when, too, you think like you you see how it is in college, and it really is. 
it's crazy because in high school it is still that way a mm-hmm. lot you know where you i think a, a lot some, maybe not as, as at least where i'm from yeah like i know a lot of small schools that's still how it is like somebody runs the play in and it's just like that's what you do because you're still running 40 you know 43 dive or whatever it right is. out of the and, wing tee yeah and it's just yeah. like you're running or you've got your eye formation and you're gonna run and we you get set and you're like we're gonna run the ball 55 times tonight right and we might have three pass plays in our playbook when i think the the beauty of having um well, I, I guess here's the other thing. And, and, and I think the reason why people kind of get hung up on like, oh, why didn't you do this? Or why do we keep doing this? Or why do we go with this? Whatever is no huddle crap. Well, the no huddle crap makes it so much easier to communicate a much larger breadth of information because we don't have a microphone in our helmet. Well, that's what I was going to say. And then the like, other one is that you see in the NFL where the quarterback just can get it right into his head. Like, right. And so that's, that's a big difference. So yeah. like it makes way more sense to huddle in the NFL because like, I know this was a fact with Peyton Manning is that they would signal in the offensive coordinator where the Indianapolis Colts would signal in or would call in through his headset, three different plays. And then Peyton could choose inside of those three plays, which one he wanted to call. There is 0% chance that you could get three plays in to your 11 dudes and have any possible way of them understanding what to do without Peyton saying, Hey, do this. We're running this. Look for this. So like in the huddle, if you've ever had like had the chance to listen or Brady will do the same thing. Breeze does the same thing of like the Mahomes will even get to the point where he's doing the same thing. And I think most quarterbacks do, but like obviously the great ones do it better is that Peyton would come in and he's like, all right, hey guys, we're running blank, blank and blank, blank and blank, blank and blank. Check this, check this, think blank. Marvin, you're doing this if they do this. And we'll communicate all that information because it comes in through a microphone into his head. But then it's and and then that's when they get to the line and it probably doesn't take near as much time for them to like check stuff. No, it's it just because in in the NFL too, you I probably just have the general assumption that those guys have a a much higher football a, they, knowledge. They're the ones that you know, like when I said you said you have to signal to someone, you mm-hmm. basically have to tell them what they have to do. Right. That those guys for the most part probably get weeded yeah, out a lot gonna, of times. Like you, if you're playing the NFL, you have a good understanding of football. Yeah. You, know? you ain't going to get hired if you don't know the language. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're, you're those guys, you can communicate a lot more checks because then they all have kind of that, like the college quarterbacks have to know everything. Well, everybody, not, I, I would assume that everybody in the NFL has the same brain as a college quarterback where it's like, I, I know the whole play or I have the capacity to know this. So we're running, you know, that same thing as you're going to run a sale concept and a man zone concept and the pass protection. So that stuff is second nature. So then you can say, all right, now inside of this, inside of this play call, if you see a shade to the inside of this guy, you're going to run an alternate route. And this is what I expect. And so then at that point, then guys can go like, all right, this is second nature to me. Like talking about me dribbling with my left hand, like my right hand, I can dribble without thinking and can pay attention to other stuff. And so like with these with these play calls is you know that you're going to get a play call you know your protection you know your ids you can you don't even have to think about that you could do that in your sleep so then you can start thinking about checks and changes and then once the ball snap you could change it on the fly yeah like there will happen it it happens all the time especially in the nfl we we talked about what venables did to alabama is they spun coverage on the snap and so guys in the nfl can see that like Hey, you know, we're going to run this, but if they spin to three, you're going to do this. And so you can prepare for it on the fly that Peyton's going to take one, two, three steps. And Marvin Harrison is going to be in the right spot based on the coverage they changed to mid play. Well, and I think I feel like that's probably too why a lot of these really great quarterbacks, they've got 
some receivers that just stay with them forever. It seems like forever. I mean, you think about Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne yep. was a guy that played with Peyton for well, a, a long guy time. like with Drew Brees, like Marcus Colston. Yeah, Marcus Colston, uh, Thomas, Michael Thomas, yep. who plays with him right now. And then, he, I mean, even like Julian Edelman and Chris Hogan and all those guys that have been with Brady now for what feels like forever. Yeah. You know, and it's just like they, he probably appreciates having them just because they know exactly what he does and he, he knows exactly how they're going to handle the situation. So it's just like, you don't want to keep bringing in all these random dudes. And it's like, okay, now he's got to learn how to keep up with us. And you have you know? to learn the new language. Yeah. Cause you have to learn the terminology that spreads all the way across that. Now you have to think about dribbling with your left hand and looking for a, you know, an entry pass. Like it's, it, you can't do that much with your brain at a time. Um, so, then, okay. I had one more. Okay. And I don't, I don't know if this might play into the, what you're about to talk about. Uh, Oregon also is, and just while you're talking, I'll have you, I'm just introducing this idea in your head. Oregon is kind of the program that brought the... The signs? Yeah, the yep. big cards with the signs. And I've heard before that some schools will use that and it won't really mean anything. But mm -hmm. I know that there are teams that it does mean something. So how how does that play into all of this as well? So this, the signs thing, it actually is a big part of this other offense that you're going to coordinate in, which this other offense has less tags. And so uh, let's say... Um, play call is red. Say, I don't know. I want to give a, another pass play because the ones I'm thinking of are run game or run plays because I, I ran the ball. So let's say, um, red Dallas digs or something like that. Like, let's say that's a play and you want to, you know, let's say a better one. Uh, let's actually let's do this. Let's go a run game first, and then a pass game after that, because this, okay. that's how this changes. So let's go with Green Packer. So let's Trey Wright Green Packer, and so you can already tell there's way less words. Trey Wright Green Packer. I mean, granted, it's a, it's a run game. So in this other term or other terminology, be Trey Wright uh, forty. No, what was it? What was power? Forty. I don't know, it's 46, something like that. Anyway, th there's some number that would correspond to it. So it, the run game is much simpler because there's just less stuff that you have to communicate. Yeah. Um, but there's there, it's much less explicit. So um, where the cards come in is the card is going to be a direction and they will communicate to the the offensive line the or because they're not seeing it. And so like, what the, each one of those will mean, at least in this system, is they they correspond to a color. And so, like the the one that we had uh, was or there was one board that we had once, which had like Teddy Roosevelt, Cam Newton, the Kool Aid Man, and the Cookie Monster. Okay, like those four things are on there. And so the Kool Aid Man is red, Cookie Monster is blue, Cam Newton's a black dude, and Teddy Roosevelt's a white guy. <laughs> and so like you have white black, red, and blue. And so those yeah. pictures correspond to a color. And so then you can change inside of that which one is live. And so you have four different cards that are corresponding to those exact same colors, but in one, blue is in the bottom left, and one blue is in the bottom, top left, one blue is top right, you know, whatever. And so you just orient whichever one it is and say like, hey, this drive, bottom right is live. And so then you look, okay, we're looking at the bottom right. So then they find, you know, say they call again, blue or red Atlanta or not red Atlanta, like red Packer and whatever. So you're like, okay, well, I look for well, the one that has the red in the bottom right corner and throw, throw that sign up. And so I'm looking at the sign and out of the direction of the play is to the right. And so 
say red, right. Like, got it. So you move that to one side. Then you have, you know, another color means a different direction. And then you have backup colors to those backup colors. So like, you know, white is right, I think as well, and black, whatever. So anyway, you have different colors that you can use for the direction of the play. The snap count is implicit. And so unless it's specifically changed, the snap count is going to be on a go call. And so on a clap or whatever, on, on a clap, on a first movement, a lot of times when you'll see that signal, then the offensive line will actually like a guard will look back. And so like, that's just communicated between a quarterback and a center. Be like, Hey, when I clap, that means live this one. When I wave my hand in front of my knees, like that's live on this one, the guard will look back. He'll see that he'll tap the offensive line. Um, and then he gets to snap it whenever he wants. And he's the center is the one that says set HUD or set go or set whatever. Yeah. And the offensive line goes off him. And then everyone else, because they can't hear anyway, just goes off the goes ball. Goes off the ball, yeah. And I always remember uh, Dennis Dixon would do that, where he'd pick his he'd pick his foot up. That's what I. And then he'd like put his hand down. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, there's Shout other out to Dennis Dixon, the, yeah, the Dennis spread Dixon. quarterback goat. But then there's another way uh, to do to to signal that, where like in there, there's like motions, and so in motions you have to time it up correctly. And so as they're as that play's coming in, let's say you're running, you know, some mo- let's say zip motion, you're moving a Z in or something like that. So running zip and then you run red packer. Yeah. Then I know that there's a, there's a motion that comes to it and there's a timing component of that. So you have to give the offensive line. I don't remember whatever specific call, like tell the the guy that's looking back, whether it's the center looking through his legs or the guard looking back at him and he's going to tap him in the hip and you give him like, Hey, there's a motion call. So when I give this to him, you snap it right away. Then you just say like, you know, whatever movement, movement, movement or something like that. And the guard will tell the center like, Hey, when I tap you, like you got to, which just, again, you're not explicitly saying, Hey, when I touch your hip, you're going to go as when they say motion. That's the understanding. Yeah. yeah it's just the yeah. understanding of like motion, motion, and then like tap and go. Yeah. But anyway, so in this, the, the snap count is implied and it's on the offensive line and the, the play is communicated by Packer. And so that means power. So that means power to the right by red. So red Packer power to the right formations called in same way and then you just call red packer so the only thing the the signal guy because the signs are up in the air only thing the signal guy is doing is just going packer 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 dummy signal guys doing something else like some other signal that just try and decoy it Mm -hmm. and just go whatever like you have one signal that you're communicating in because the sign takes the other one yeah and so that's like the really fast teams when you understand that you can do so much more so much faster because there is only one signal that you communicate again. Now, there, granted, there are other ways to do like the, the tag system, the one that Herman uses. You could have one guy be the wide receivers one, one guy be the quarterback one, and one guy be the offensive line running backs one. And there's three guys that are communicating to them. And so then like the wide receivers, since they only need to know a certain bit of information, the wide receivers guy can just communicate like sale X glance, sale X glance, sale X glance. And like, that's the only thing he's signaling. And they look at him and they go, got it, let's go. And then the line guy or the quarterback has to look at the quarterback one to see all of it. And then the running back box one just looks at just the running back tight end. Right. So you can do it faster, but it takes more people. Whereas this signal, it's so much quicker. And so I'm a, I, with the signs, it just gives a color and a direction. Um, the other thing that this system allows better speed for is, so let's say now you're in Trey Wright Green Packer. Then it's a lot easier to be deceptive with this because green packer in or white pack. I don't even remember what the color is. I think green, maybe blue. No, whatever. Any, some color. So let's say it's, let's, let's just go with orange. Cause I don't remember what the exact color is. Yeah. So orange packer, orange is play action. 
And so play action, when you say orange Packer, orange Packer, orange Packer, to everybody else, other than the sign being different, the signaler is still doing the exact same thing because the term Packer is the only thing being communicated in from the sideline. And then the orange tells the receivers, we are running play action on this play. Here's where I don't like this one as much as the other one is because it makes the receivers know more and they have to think more. So there are certain play act like green or orange or blue or whatever play action color you have. Let's say again, let's say it's orange. Orange rules are this. If we're running this play action, doesn't matter what run action we are trying to go with, your orange rules are this. So you hear orange, the first guy, like the guy on the far right runs a hitch. Run, you know, gets to a spot right here. And so like there's your end destination is you have to get there. So you look, you count towards the side and go the other way. It's like number one, get to this spot. Number two, you run a corner. Number three, you run whatever. Number four, you run whatever. And so if you're in trips, you might be the number one guy and you know, spread, you might be the number two guy. And so you just have to know number one goes here, number two goes here, number three goes for here, number four goes here. So you can you have to you can communicate a lot more information with a lot less words because there's more implied. And so the more implication to me opens the door for a lot more missed assignments because oh, I, th- I thought I was number two on this play and then two guys run the wrong thing. But the, again, this orange play is you just change the, the color of the sign. So I think there was one that was like, the one that we had was like the orange bowl logo. It had like the green goblin from Spider-Man, uh, purple, it had like, I don't know, like the, the hamburger or just some picture that corresponded to a Grimace, color. Grimace. Grimace, that's what the, it was. Grimace. Purples. Um, and so then you had like, you know, whatever no, colors, keep, keep up with the McDonald's universe here, please. <laughs> the, the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a real MCU. Um, but anyway, so then there, that color corresponds with, uh, a play type and then the formation or the formation is the same. The play call is the same, but the, 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 what the color indicates is different. And so that yeah. changes the play. So you can still run a, you know, orange Packer, orange Packer, orange Packer then you can communicate that to the offensive line. They know that, hey, I'm running Packer action, but I'm going to be, it's, it's a pass this time instead. So you can communicate way, information way, way, way faster that way. Because again, you want to run power three times in a row, you communicate the same play. You run power right, you know, red. Then you run power left and black. And you run power right, red. You run power left, black. You want to run play action power, you go green, but the signal and the call is the same all the way down the field. So you can just get it done quickly because you only have one thing to do. And then in pass plays, they would just signal in. And this is implicit on the quarterback to know this. On pass plays, they just signal in the route. And so whatever the route concept is, let's say again, let's say it's Diggs. Is that's or uh, Dakota. I think that's one pass play that we had, Dakota. So you're signaling in the, whatever formation for Dakota is, which I think it was that. And so you signal in Dakota. All you're signaling in is blue or white or blue Dakota. That's it. And that same thing, let's say the route concept is sale. Blue Dakota means the same thing as, or Trey Wright, Blue Dakota, Trey Wright, Blue Dakota is the same thing as M860 sale X glance. Like less words can communicate the same thing because it's implied then. So the quarterback has to know and know what protection goes with what play. And so you have a formation, you have 11 personnel that's, you know, 11 personnel in this means you have a tight end and a running back that are on at your disposal to have a protection. Mm-hmm. So you have to call the protection. They name the protection after cities or actors or something like that, or t- sports teams. And they call like Raven Dakota, Raven Dakota, Raven Dakota. And Raven to the offensive line means a pass protection. Oh, and they'd have to call that color. So blue man side to the left, blue Raven Dakota. And so like 
man side to the left. Raven is your pass protection. Dakota is your route. So blue Raven Dakota, blue Raven Dakota, blue Raven Dakota. And then you can communicate a lot more information, a lot fewer words, a lot faster. So it doesn't necessarily matter uh, which system that people use so long as you get it. And I think the the one that would take more time to learn is the second one, is the Malzahn one, because it doesn't explicitly tell you what to do. It involves you learning the whole offense and then you know what to do. So you, if you don't know what the green or orange rules are or per brown or purple, or because there's, you can have multiple play action sets. So you can have like, I know one of them was brown and one of them was green. So th- those were two, like we're running a play action, do something else with it. And so you've got that of, you know, you have that kind of communication. You need to know your green rules. And so your green rules are one does this, two does this, three does this, four does this. Brown rules are one does this, two does this, three does this, four does this. Regardless of what the play is, you got to know those rules. And the quarterback has to know, okay, well, these are my green rules. These are my brown rules. These are also, I need to know that this pass play is a three-step drop. And this three-step drop protection is this. And the snap count is on this because there's a motion. And so you have to know, there's a lot more implied with that. And there's a lot more study that you have to make to understand that. But once you understand it, then again, you can operate that one way faster. The ceiling is higher for that one. Um, because you can move quicker, but then the other, the other problem with that one is, um, if you wanted to tag something, tagging is hard because it slows everything down. So let's say you wanted to run again, that same protection, that same check, like X glance, then you'd have to still tag at the end of it, sale X glance. And so you don't, you lose this expediency of that thing because then you have to signal four things in the first place. And so you're not really it eliminates the simplicity of the whole thing if you start adding tags to it. Where I, I like having tags because you take the thought out of it as you go, you know, like oh, so every once in a while you want to run like our, T, our, our the, the Christian McCaffrey route where it's just an option route where you just, you're one-on-one with a linebacker. We would call that T choice. Like tailback, choose your route. Like, oh, got it. Like I don't have to think about anything. I don't have to know like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's what a dolphin something route pass concept and 67 protection. Well, I know that I'm going to release to this, but do I have an option route? What if I don't have an option route? Then sometimes you're thinking too much. Yeah. And so that's why I like the tag system where it literally says like tailback, run a choice. Just do it. Got it. Like, yeah. I understand what you're trying to tell me. I can focus on the game and not so much on the play call. So I like the tag system better. Uh, it's longer, it's wordier. And there are ways that you can get still go fast with that one. But I like it because it takes the thought out of it. And I think a lot of the NFL schemes are tagged because it is much more flexible. Um, not, it's not as speedy, but they're not looking for speed. They're looking for efficiency, efficiency, and also execution, execution, and the way to modify for everything. Yeah. So like you can still run formation motion. Like you can still signal like the, like a system of snap count, formation, motion, running back route, tight end route, wide receiver route, check, check, check. And you can signal in like, that's why when you hear like the um, Matt Nagy, the head coach of the Bears, like that's a super wordy offense, which is not bad. I don't think wordy offenses are, are bad. But when you have like, I write razor 42, you know, check slant 42, sale X glance four seven whatever. And you have like 300 words, you're communicating. It doesn't mean that it's net naturally more complex of a play. It means that you're more explicit with who you want doing what. Yeah. And so those those big ones, and then you can, in that same tagging system, you can say like... 
you're more blatantly just saying like, yes, do you this. do this, do this, go run this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can, in that same thing, you can tell the person this and check this and check this and check. And so you're running, you know, whatever you, you call this thing in and then you're telling a tight end three different routes at the same time, because you can be like, Hey, why? Which is usually the international symbol for tight ends. You go, why? Um, you know, glance, smash, whatever. What, I don't know, making up words like glance, glance, smash, hitch or something like that. And then you're looking based on the coverage, what's implicit, the knowledge that's implicit on them then is you got to read, right. And that's where like those miscommunications can, those, those what seem like miscommunications happen where some dude's standing at seven yards and the quarterback throws it at 18 and you're like, what the hell happened? Is it because he saw something different as he was running it? And there's two or three different checks on the play. If you see a coverage, you run here. Yeah. Well, shoot. I, I saw something different than what you saw. The check that I ran was not the check that you ran. And we didn't get there in the right time, which is and that's where Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Drew Brees. This is really where they especially Peyton Manning is if he had a new receiver, he would make them stay after practice until they understood those checks for weeks. And then they finally got it, which is why, like when Sean McVay got CJ Anderson to the Rams, they talked about how well prepared he was. And they're like, there's just a difference with guys that played with Peyton Manning than with guys that didn't. And so Anderson came in understanding how to see different things because he understood what a moment, what a term is going to mean and what the intention of a play actually is. And then you can go around it. So I want the Rams to win the Super Bowl just so that CJ Anderson can, I want him to score a touchdown. Yeah. He, he'll be the fattest guy since the fridge to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. He's my, soul, my spirit animal. <laughs> had, a, had a gut like he did when I was playing. Got rid of that gut now, but... He looks like a bowling ball. He's so nice. He was, like, he was angry on Twitter because people were calling him fat, too. <laughs> like, buddy, it's kind of... Spade a spade, man. I'm bald, you're fat. Just accept what it is. Oh, man. Wow, we really got a lot done today. It's I, very football-y. Yeah, I don't even know... I don't even know where else like to like what else to ask. We this has earth. been a lot of a lot of information to uh, process. Well, hopefully it wasn't. It this would be I don't know another another good one because if you can actually sig- show like what signals mean, yeah. but also know that the signals themselves matter less than the words behind them, and so the playbook is still the same. So you're still running power, you're still running counter, you're still running whatever. But the way that you communicate that information is bigger and more different. And I think that's the other thing that like um, that people miss when not say miss like, oh, I wish it was that way. It was just miss like, oh, I didn't even notice is that people that come from the world of run your slot receiver in there. You're very limited in what you can do by how 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 able that guy is to communicate information with a shorter clock, because you have to in the same time, if you're rotating guys in, you have the time that it takes to tell john what the play is you have the another coach that's trying to get bill off the field so then john has to run in which takes time and so by the time he gets in there on a 25 second play clock or excuse me a 40 second play clock by the time he even gets into the huddle there's 29 seconds left he relays that to the quarterback quarterback then relays to the huddle which you're at 19 yeah and so now from 19 down to 11 you're getting up and set and now you have 11 seconds and if the defense shows you something different than you don't want you're stuck. You have to run that play. And so what signals allow for is one faster communication of information because you don't have to waste the time telling the guy to go what it is and then have him run in and tell it to somebody else who tells it to other people is you now just tell everybody what they need and get them up to the line of scrimmage. And if you like what you get, snap it quick. If you don't, 
then a lot of times we'll call a check. And so like in, in either one is there's just a signal for look back. And so like you can call like Trey Wright check or something like that. And so you go Trey Wright and you go, ready, set, hot. And then you're like, oh, did we draw anybody off sides? Nope. Okay, cool. What's the next play? And so you look back and then they, because you're at least dummying a snap count, um, you get them, they have to be ready for the, just in case there is a snap. So they're going to show you what their defense is. And you're like, okay, I wasn't sure if they're going to be running a, a cover two or a cover one here. So I want, let's go check. Let's run a check. Get a formation, get up there, run a check. Is that hot? Okay, they're running cover two. What are we running on a cover two? And then you can signal that play in from there. And then you can move around if you need to. So it gives you more time, flexibility, and like uh, capacity to see what the defense is doing. And then you can make your actual play call. I don't know, man. I think we just need to get back to the days of I write 32 trap. And, and the, the person that's running it as a wide receiver has to have the bar down the middle of their face mask. <laughs> For ample, uh, for ample head coach grabbing. <laughs> Damn it, son! What did I tell you to do? I told you to go crack the linebacker. Uh, coach, he's 107 pounds. <laughs> he he, uh, he ain't gonna be cracking that linebacker. Well, he's gritty though. I like that kid. Coach's daddy back in the day. Daddy was a tough son, bitch. Thank you for turning into uh, Football and Random Things, presented by <laughs> Iowa Diamond. <laughs> Wrestled hogs back in the day, his daddy did. He was farm strong. He was farm strong. Tossing hay bales. His kid might be skinny, but he's tough. He's tough. I've known the family my whole life. He's the longest line of a Johnson. He's in Johnson boys. Had his brother, had his cousins. His old, his old daddy ran 1,500 yards. His old, his old daddy ran 1,500 yards. We ran double dive track. <laughs> <laughs> we ran 62 times back in, this, back in the 61 championship game. <laughs> we, ran, uh, we ran 37 plays that game. Most we've ever done. Snapped the ball. 14 times on one drive, and the half happened. A beautiful half of football. Final score, 6-0. <laughs> <laughs> we had a kicker, but the Espinosa kid didn't make it through. <laughs> it's Carl Chevrolet Studios. <laughs> uh <laughs> We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.